Conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Hey, Carl, thanks for joining us. We missed last week. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't even acknowledge it. Uh, I missed last week. We just carried on like nothing. They had nothing happened. to do with it. We missed last week. Uh, um, well, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Um, see, that'll be next week. Yeah. And this, uh, so we're recording this. Um, just got back from the Lighthouse, and uh, Cammy had a good had a good time. So, youth group thing. I taught. It was delightful. Uh, Cammy comes out and she says, "How long was your lesson tonight?" And I said, "It wasn't. It was only like fifteen minutes." She goes, "At church, you talk like an hour." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "I can usually listen for like thirty minutes, and then I just." <laughs> <laughs> about all i got <laughs> and then she yeah and then she goes then i just look at and i just stare at my mom <laughs> and uh i said that's it huh? and then she goes and then and then communion and i'm like yes i made it <laughs> <laughs> so she did a great job of encouraging me tonight <laughs> 30 minutes is a respectable <laughs> it is i told her that the Middle school kids don't have a real long attention span, so I can't talk very long. And then that was when she confessed that she's at her limit at about 30 minutes mm-hmm. listening to Grandpa talk. So, yeah. You never let us out early from church, so. Well. You always go right up to the limit. I, it's not, I, I would let us out early, but, but there's always a healthy, vibrant discussion Similar to this podcast, right. right? We could do 20 minutes in this podcast, but it just won't cover it. We just have too many important. So you didn't, you probably don't know about the scuttlebutt. You, talk about? you probably don't know about the drama in Moscow. Twitter uh, is all a buzz. I had heard about no butts, scuttle or otherwise. Tw- Twitter, I mean X, has unearthed a clip that's oh. like 15 years old. <gasps> Of Nancy Wilson discussing an incident with one of her children that's like another 20 years old beyond that, you know. I logged out of Twitter like last week. I'm not on Twitter either. I just heard, I know that it went around on Twitter and caused some I think I still have an account on Twitter, but I haven't been there for a long time. Yeah, I have an account too, but. um, There is no Twitter anymore. Ah, that's mm -hmm. a trick question. Um, so what's, what was interesting was this evening, um, Doug and the three Wilson siblings Mm -hmm. did a live stream talking about, it was an intervention. So that would be, (laughs) (laughs) that would be Nate and Becca and and Rachel, Rachel all launched an intervention on their dad. Uh huh. How'd that go? (laughs) It was extremely encouraging because. It was exactly like... Did they straighten him out? It's exactly like, not just that we would handle a similar controversy, but have actually handled similar social media controversies in our own 
family. In our own it's like, family. all right, let's all let's all sit down and and be very serious out. about this. Yes, just yeah. like our last yeah. very serious episode. Let's t- let's hit this head on and treat it with the seriousness that it deserves. Right, right. And so they were discussing like their various traumas related to the way that they were raised. Uh-huh. And Nate was committed to giving as many good out of context quotes that could be from Doug <laughs> for anybody, just anything that would be a good sound bite that people could clip and share on Twitter. He made sure to do it. Uh, so what yeah. was in case Carl missed it? What was the scuttlebutt on Twitter? The video that was shown, it was Nancy uh, confessing about some sort of, she wasn't uh, confessing. She was. Well, she she was spanked a, a child for right. not being excited to see her mother. Right? It was a question and answer uh, panel with her and Doug, and they were talking about like answering people's questions about child rearing and like right. almost exactly what we were doing on the last episode. As far as like you know, people come to us with questions, and there's general principles, and we can kind of share stories of things that we've done with our own kids. But of course, different scenarios are going to pop up in your own life, and. And so one of the scenarios that she shared was when her three-year-old daughter was at a play date and basically was upset. Because it was time to go. Because it was time to leave. And so, yeah, rather than say, and she had been instructed, she'd been taught to say, hi, mommy, or something like that. I can't even remember. And I haven't, I didn't even watch the clip because I've watched the whole panel a couple Mm. of times. Um, so I know what the context is. You know about the scuttle. You know the scandal. I don't even know exactly what the rule was supposed to be, but the child broke a rule that was basically along the lines of you have to have a cheerful attitude at all times. And so um, so child had a not cheerful attitude and got a spanking. And same that same child who was in the anecdote... <laughs> Was on the panel today. <laughs> on the Airing her grievances. Talking about how her dad used to chuck socks at her. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the uh, Nate was like, just for the record, everyone, um, the rumors are true. The, my sisters were disciplined often, but I never was. <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. It's quite entertaining. And, like, the way that they regularly... Like, talk over each other, interrupt each other, pile on and refuse to let each other answer, like, finish their sentences. It's, like, so reminiscent of, yeah, the chaos that ensues when our family gets together. So, yeah, it was encouraging because it it seemed like... It was encouraging to watch another family get roasted for (laughs) doing a good, for just being a good family. Right. It was, good, it was good to watch people be outraged on behalf of people that they don't know. Right. They were like to be completely traumatized by a situation that they know nothing about. Right. Now, and not just like saying, oh, those people are going to, not just saying that child is going to be traumatized and she's never going to want to have a relationship with her parents. But like when the, when Rachel says, actually, it's been 45 years now and we have a lovely relationship. Then she gets told, you just haven't really come to grips yourself yet with how damaging the whole thing has right. been. You don't realize how messed up you right. are. Because you're the so abuse. busy eating with those people right. and that playing trauma, games and traumatized dormant. The, ex- the extent of the abuse is so deep. Of, so course, of course you're never going to know how much you're suffering if you keep having fun with those people. Right. <laughs> Asking her to babysit your children so you can go on a live stream on YouTube and crack up with your... 
siblings. With your sister. Yeah. Is that is that Stockholm syndrome? Is that what it is? Or the Wilson that. kids yeah. victims I guess so. of Stockholm syndrome? I guess that's what it is. But they've but actually fallen in love with their oppressors. They went captors. on to like have kind of a, a meandering conversation about how they're actually more comfortable now with criticism than with like awkward praise. <laughs> they, yeah, they talked that. right they <laughs> talked about that we've talked about that too like we don't know what to do with like, please stop saying thank you and i did a good job right well they said it's one thing please notice how dorky my haircut is it's one thing to have somebody say you know your book that you wrote really helped me and it's like well we were trying to help people so that's great to hear and glory to god for that but like when somebody's like you you as an individual have single-handedly like <laughs> changed the trajectory of my life. That's yeah. when we're like, mm, mm. yeah, that feels awkward. It's and she awkward. said, because and you have to be polite. You want to be polite, and you right. don't, and you want them to express themselves because they're trying to, they're trying to pay you a compliment. They're trying right. to be nice. They said we we appreciate the appreciation, right. but at the same time, they noticed that like the people who are the most like praising and you know the most generous with their praise also tend to make the angriest critics down the line <laughs> and they said that oh checks my gosh out. that checks out because they tend to be very emotional people and oh so in that gosh. one moment they're feeling just very very in love with you and then like just yep. a few years later they have an equal amount of hatred because you know? they're they're actually not in love with you they're in right. love with something that you've said or done or created and they have attached that oh yeah how many times has that happened how many right. times how many letters have we received emails or messages or private messages whatever how many have we received that said I was a big fan of your comedy. Right. I yeah. was. Past tense. I Until. used to. I. You were at my church once, and I laughed. You were great. Right. But, yeah. Right. Yep. So it was. Now I, I hate I found you. it encouraging. And they even said, I would say even slightly nicer than the way that I've said it recently. But they were huh. live. They were live, so they didn't have the chance to really, you know, pack a really powerful punch. But. Um, they, like you do, like they you did have, say, like I do, when I completely have no regard whatsoever for self control. Um, they they said basically there are people accusing us of abuse, and what they need to understand is that the feeling is mutual. We feel like you are abusing your children as well. That was basically what they said, right. and I was like, here, here, right. because it occurred to me. Right. Um, it was like Julie Roy's was one of the ones who. Um, oh, is she still around? Piled, that's what they said. Like we is thought that she's still she was out long there. Gone. Like, what's she doing? Isn't she bored yet? Hasn't she moved on to somebody else? Oh, never, never, never grow weary in doing such good that you are tearing people down left and right. Um, but, but I thought to myself, the people in the comment section who are the most loudly outraged, I was like, these are people who, no joke, like in all seriousness, their solution for their toddler issues for the when they have a disobedient, grumpy, miserable <laughs> kid and they don't want, they can't stand to be around them, is to take them to the doctor and prescribe, have them prescribe powerful, sedate them, me, like <laughs> brain altering drugs. Right, that's right. literally what they're doing to these kids as a solution for Aren't their problems. Don't you guys have like tranquilizers that you use to knock out elephants and right. and bull elk? Please do Can't. not spank the three-year-old and explain to her that, you know, saying things to your mother like, I'm not happy to see you is actually n incorrect. Like, right. please don't do that. Please just prescribe her drugs until she her. can't think at all. Please right. just do that. and right. see Just if render you like, her unconscious or you like the outcome. comatose. Yeah. And it, that's an acceptable form of parenting now. 
And so, yeah, I was like, here, here. I've just, I have nothing else to add to it. I just want to agree with We just want it. to agree. And we just want to do the thing that would be awkward if we were sitting in the room with the Wilsons. And that's tell them how great they are on our podcast. I wanted to tell them how great that whole dynamic is. And no, that, I mean them personally. I mean them as people. It makes I want, me, I have long suspected. Especially, especially you, Rachel, if you're listening. I want you to know that you as a person. You mean have, a lot to us. You have changed the trajectory of our lives. <laughs> you have changed uh, the trajectory of our lives, I, personally. I was going to say, I've long suspected that like, our family has a strange functionality about it. Like It's, a, it's an unexpected and like rare form of... Well, it's strange to function, isn't it? Right, well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. I've long suspected the way that we get along, and the way that we talk to each other, and the way that we handle our children, and the way that we handle conflict is all just very weird to most people but to hear somebody else who also has a good relationship with their siblings and a good relationship with their parents say yeah our critics are the ones who are not okay like the critics are the ones who are raising children who hate them like that's actually what's going on here okay good i thought so i just it's nice to hear that it's being confirmed well there's so much yeah there we, we talked a little bit about that tonight at lighthouse um these are middle school kids and so you you can't it just needs to be repeated, and it's not going to fix it with one repetition. But I I asked him tonight, we were talking about Thanksgiving, and I said, do you, I don't want you to blurt out the answers, and I certainly don't want you to point at your neighbors, but I want you to think for yourself. Are, when you talk, how often do you say thank you? I mean, how often do you say what this is what I appreciate versus how often are you griping about something, whether it's the weather or how much homework you had or whatever i mean how many and and do you know people like the people that you spend time around how much when they talk are they saying you know what i really think is great you know what i really appreciate or you know what i'm thankful for versus you know what sucks and that it's a the amount of complaining that you do is sort of an indicator of what's going on in your heart and that's what we talked about that if you're if you're constantly dour and that is what, and I don't want to hack on or take shots at social media because social media is what it is. And it's a form of cultural engagement. And so it's not all bad, but there's so much on social media now that is just, um, just negative, just, and and I don't, I don't mean negative. There's just so much complaining and, and comparison or so much, covetousness covetousness is has become this rampant thing where like the people who are the most jealous and envious get to get the most credit for being virtuous and compassionate it's so strange to me to watch these people talk about how rich people don't care and they don't share and they have no compassion it's like you are a really ugly person who is no fun to be around i I was in line I was in line at the grocery store the other day, and uh, there was a lady in one of those power cart things, and she was chatting it up with the register lady. And then when she got her groceries and, and left, that lady, the register lady, turns to me and goes, "I hate talking to that woman." And oh I my like, god! I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Cause, because she was complaining the entire time. She's a very, oh, okay. a very dark cloud type right. of person." And she goes, "She's just like she thinks everything's owed to her, and she comes in here and just." complains and complains and then so i get my groceries and i go out and the lady's pushing her power thing in and she stops 
in front of me and goes, can you take this the rest of the way for me? <laughs> and I did, of but I was like, I, yep, this, she's right about this woman. <laughs> of course you did. I thought you were going to share, Luke, about your... Um, your screenshot that you posted to us earlier today, because that sort of has to do with covetousness or discontentment or feeling entitled like you're uh, owed. Do you, we so. should, I do want you to talk about that. And then we also had a, uh, a little thing that we were going to do at the end of last podcast. Remember what we decided we were going to do? No. Where we were going to force Luke to talk about things that we just fired at him. I've overcome that. We're good. <laughs> it's been that's, two weeks. That's so, that's so old. It's been 14 days. To do it that's in the past. Yeah. Didn't I just tell a story? Yeah, right. you did. You um, hated. So I want to hear the thing about the... R- r- tell Carl about the thing that you posted in our Telegram group today. Oh, it was um, one of a million scenarios where there's a woman who's a single mother, and she's dating this guy who... Oh, Oh man, he's gonna pull it up for me. I don't, I'm not gonna read this whole. I'll you paraphrase. Don't have to read the whole thing. I was just giving it to you for uh, reference. Um, 28 and a single mother to a six-year-old. Uh, her boyfriend recently proposed, and she said yes. But now Hooray! she's worried oh. that I may be settling. Oh. So yeah, he's uh, been a great boyfriend. Even took him to Disney World. Has ex- adopted this kid as his own. Well, if she's a single mother with a six-year-old, then he definitely. She definitely is settling for somebody who doesn't have much ambition. It doesn't shoot very Yeah, high. he's got pretty low standards. Right. Yeah. So uh, I would say that you should find somebody who doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Her complaints are that uh, he's not significantly taller than her, only slightly taller, and that he dresses in <laughs> jeans and T-shirts. That, I think that grates on Luke especially. Because he's not even slightly because taller. You are than slightly me. taller than yeah, he is. I'm slightly uh, taller than he is. This is not about me. They share their bills. They share their bills. He could be more passionate and romantic. And basically, he, he doesn't have. He needs to be told when to get a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, "I can't help but worry." That if we were to get married, that I would be settling for less than I want and deserve in a deserve. relationship. Deserve. And deserve. so that just irked me because it usually does. Tell us about that. Why were you irked? <laughs> Stop having the feelings that you're having. No, I'm asking why were you irked? I'm, I'm irked. Because he's because... got two sons. And he's worried that this is the only thing that's going to be out there. This is this is going to be... Well, I don't know about a single mom with a six-year-old, but like, I think it's very important for everybody to understand that that is standard female yeah. perspective and temptation. And, and I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, well, if a woman has doubts like that, then she's, then she's no good. And like, that's a deal breaker and you got to chuck her out. No, you just have to explain to her, oh, actually, that's normal. You will literally feel that way no matter who you end up marrying. And that's, Even a guy who gets haircuts yeah. without being told. Even a guy who's six <laughs> inches taller than Even you are. Even a guy who's six inches taller who gets who cuts his hair at the proper time all by himself is right. still going to make you go, <laughs> hmm, I wonder if there's somebody better out there. Right. It's, it is like... The covetousness and that yeah. discontentment that is part of a woman's sin nature. It's part of every human's sin nature. But I think women in particular are like given to this 
frustration and these whispers. I was I first heard it described as whispers by I think it was Dalrock's wife, or it might have been Sunshine Mary. And, but it was an early. Oh, that's a throwback. Right, that's, early that's, Red Pill. Oh, way like, back in the nineties. <laughs> no, it wasn't nineties. But it was the Manosphere Late in like 90s. the two thousand, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Right, right after Luke and I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was her she experience. Was trying to figure out what was wrong with me on mm-hmm. her wedding day. This yep. lady was asked by her bridesmaid, her her maid of honor, "Are you sure that you're not settling?" And on her wedding, <laughs> she threw her out of the room in a rage because by then she already had enough experience with like feminism mm-hmm. and she threw her bridesmaid out. Mm-hmm. She threw her maid of honor out of the place where she was getting dressed. That's based. That is very base. <laughs> it is. Um, but she was like, basically, we already have enough of this, you know, whispering in our ears <laughs> from just our own minds. Like we have our own flesh being like, are you sure this could be? This could be bad for you. You deserve more. You know, all this stuff. And so, so to have it coming from without as well right. is just devastating. And I said I'm earlier. I'm thinking that bridesmaid up front crying and everyone going, isn't that sweet the way she cares about her? <laughs> right. The, <laughs> I've said earlier, the men are being taught things like you need to take responsibility. You need to stick around. Don't be a deadbeat. Get a job. Take care of the vulnerable. You know. Use your powers for good. All these things. And those are... And the women are being good told, advice. <laughs> make sure that you don't settle. They're being told, know your worth. Yeah. And, um, you know, don't... Yeah, don't mm-hmm. don't settle for less than your worth. You deserve this. You deserve that. She said, I don't just... I don't want just comfortable, but romance and passion. Mm-hmm. Now, here's here's the thing. And mm-hmm. what she wants is That's Hollywood. She wants. Well, she, she wants, should get it, too. She wants a movie. She's only 28 years old, and she has just one child who's six. And so, yeah, she's, she deserves They're They're she deserves being taught that. Magic. Like, she actually is afraid, and most women are afraid, of doing things wrong. They're taught, like, they're afraid that they will fail, right? And so they've actually sought advice from others on the subject of relationships, marriage, dating. And the advice that they have gotten is don't settle. settle. And so now she's going to the internet where she got the advice about not settling. She said she asked her dad. Right. But then also went and asked strangers on the internet. Right, because she's been taught that that's the right thing to do. She's been taught that if you want to have a successful relationship, you need to cast a wide net. You need to ask a lot of people. Your parents mm-hmm. are old fashioned. They don't know everything. Your dad particularly, he's not a woman. And so Your he can't understand. Dumb. And dad so, is so dumb. They're applying what they've been told and they genuinely don't realize that what they've been told is bunk. It's bad advice. And so now they're following bad advice. Like every single question she's asking is now a bad one based on advice that she got that was wrong. Well, she's getting she's getting bad advice even from the men. I, I Is it still true that the kids your age, married kids, first of all, I know there's not very many of them, but the ones that are married, do they still say things like the husband, like, I really married up, I married out of my league, I was, I'm super blessed, you know, to have, because that was a thing that was said mm-hmm. in my I've generation. And For I sure. and it's only the husbands that I've heard say that. I've never heard a single wife say, "Man, I really married out of my league." He he is he is so far 
out of my league. If you hear that from women, especially on the internet, it's typically like the trad wife influencers. Like the, they're definitely niche, 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 quiche, quiche. Yeah, no. Nietzsche, Nietzsche. <laughs> right. So. So they don't say that anymore. Okay, I don't know what people question. are. I don't know what people are saying anymore. Honestly, it, I don't. But it used to be that the men, the no, men married up, and the women were were doing the best they could to raise their children no, and their husbands. I don't think that they're saying that anymore because there's such an emphasis on equality that now everybody's t- the best compliment that you can pay to any woman or man is just we treat each other exactly the same. <laughs> the best, com- all the the best time. compliment is we cannot tell you to apart. Right, we everything do not is know where one equal. stops and like, the well, other. She, she even listed begins. him them splitting, sharing their finances as mm-hmm. a benefit. Like this guy is a great guy, and by all accounts, what is financial abuse? Too that was Luke's question. I asked that, and I didn't get an answer. That that is from a different meme. You are now confusing two different conversations because I shared a video where a woman. Wow dresses up as two different characters as they like to do these days Mm. where they talk to themselves, but they're wearing two different wigs. So you know that it's actually two people. And she says, congratulations on your new baby. And other her says, thank you. And then first her says, "Um, now, you know, you probably should get a side hustle, right? And the other ladies, the lady who had the baby is like, oh, no, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And she's like, well, that's great, and we really want to support you in those decisions. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's never a bad idea to have a, a plan for financial stability because, listen, listen your true. husband is getting the benefit of having his children taken care of. If you're a stay-at-home mom, he's getting the benefit of having his children cared for. His and children. And also he gets an, a career that, that offers, you know, satisfaction and and money, but if something were to happen mm-hmm. to him, you don't have that, and so we just want to make sure that you have the most um, options, the same options. That's that's because again, equality is very important. Right. We just want to make sure you have the same options that he does. Mm-hmm. And so then, mother who just had baby is like, "Thanks, that really makes sense. That really helps." Which is funny because that is Thank not so at much. all what you're supposed to say on the internet when a woman is accosted with unsolicited advice after just giving birth. Like in every other context, when a <laughs> woman... to say, I just had a baby. Don't tell me what to do. She dresses up as two different people and it's a woman talking to somebody who just had a baby and she's giving advice. The woman giving the advice is the always wrong. Yeah. She, she, it doesn't matter what she says. She's always the one who's wrong. She could be saying... Hey, don't turn your hey. baby upside down and hey. shake it. <laughs> hey, hey, you should take that plastic bag off, off your head. baby's head. Yeah, no. It's like, don't tell moms what to do. Trust your mommy insti- instinct and don't mom shame. <laughs> I don't think your three-week-old should have hard candy. Right. Yeah. But when it comes to, hey, congrats on the new baby. Make sure that you sow strife in your marriage as, as fast as possible. That is good advice. Okay, thank we, you. We eat that up. We love that. Thanks for sharing. Should I tell my husband that I feel like I'm settling? Yes, now <laughs> is the time to do that. <laughs> so people were talking about financial abuse in that thread. All but of these, what is it? All of these experts in marriage. Financial abuse is not allowing your wife to have her own income? Is it's that what it is? Not. It's not giving them access to funds. And so like control, basically blackmailing by saying like, you can't leave me because you literally can't afford to, you can't take care of yourself and I 
am holding that over your head on purpose. Uh. Is the that's the perspective. But of course, as we know, the people who are making the claims of abuse are, <laughs> are not, almost are always, not always the most uh, <laughs> correct. They're almost always yeah. mad because their attempts at abusing their partner didn't work <laughs> like they thought they were it's, going to. He is so hard to abuse. <laughs> He's, they tried to emotionally abuse him by saying that he's a narcissistic abuser. And he was like, yeah, but I have all the finances that I've been taking care of you for all this time. And she's like, abuse! That's what abuse. I mean! He's pointing he's, out facts! He is insufferable! <laughs> he keeps look saying at, Look at him over there. He, he can sleep. I'm all worn right. out. I'm all up all night. And right. he's over there fast asleep. With his kids. With his kids. Yep. That is what happens. But, oh, why don't why don't people want to get married? I don't understand. But all that to say, I really do think that women, like across the board, are actually looking for direction. They're looking for advice, and this proves it. That video just proves it. You are are they are they looking for advice or are they looking for what they call support? Same thing. The reason they're looking for what they call support is because somewhere along the line, somebody told them that women need the support of friends and relatives. And right, but it's not the same thing. You now know they're that. doing that because they think it's good for their mental health. They genuinely, wholeheartedly believe that their mental health depends on getting support. Why? Affirmation. Because they got bad advice somewhere. But they really are that empty-headed. Like, you really can pour <laughs> that kind of information into their heads, and then they will spend years seeking to do what they were taught by TikTok to do. Like, you know, not ever judging a mother who... Who just had a baby. Just had a baby like 10 years ago. I was just about to say (laughs) as recently as 15 years ago. Yeah, if she had a baby at any point in the last 20 years, then... You cannot judge her. Don't mom shame. Like, that's advice. It's only been 1,200 months. That's advice that was given to them at some point. They've internalized it. Now they think it's gospel. And, oh, speaking of gospel, can we weave this in here, too? Sure. The lady on the plane, you shared that, like, <laughs> first thing this morning. Yeah, I did. <laughs> had you not seen it before? Um, No, I hadn't I hadn't really come across it. I think I might have glanced at the headline. But Tell I Carl so he'll know. Um, well, my understanding is there was a it's gospel a sister, singer. It's a sister in Christ. Gospel singer on, the, on an airplane who got word that she was... Nominated for an Emmy, a Grammy, a Grammy, whatever. A couple of Grammys, if I'm not mistaken. She and her band. Did you mm. not read the article, Luke? I heard a, I heard a little bit about it. You're nodding like you didn't get the same article sent to you this morning. I didn't open it. I'm a busy man. It's okay. probably a different gospel singer on a different plane. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, Go ahead. That he? I don't know what you're saying. No, anyway. I just, I, just uh, I had water and I just burped it. Um. <laughs> So she was on this plane, like and she macaroni. decided to stand up and make a loud announcement about it, and she was getting ready to sing. She was like, attention, everyone. I was just nominated for She was excited Grammys. because she got some great news, and so she right. did what people sometimes do when they get great news, and she wanted to share it. And I understand all plane. of that. The whole right. plane. But it's a whole plane full of strangers. And it was somebody, I, as soon as I started, as soon as I understood what the story was about, it's like, ah, this is a girl who was taught that when you're excited about things, you should just share those those joys. And the fact that she's a Christian person, there's an entitlement that these people have, you know, to share. Look at how God is, is well, look at what God is doing in my life. And so they, they brag, basically, by 
that that enables them to brag. That enables them to tell everybody how great they're doing. But this is all for the glory of God, and it's cheap and it's schmaltzy, and uh, and it shouldn't have happened. Well, but, and then the flight attendant was basically like, "Sit down. You're loud, and you're interrupting people." Like the plane. There's a whole plane full of people who really people. Don't, care don't care about your Grammy nomination. And she was like, the seatbelt sign isn't on yet. And he was like, are you going to be able to sit down and be quiet? And she was basically like not answering. She goes, I'm doing what God called me to do. Right. I'm doing what the Lord told me to do, is what she said. Right. And he's like, but you didn't answer my question. Are you able to sit down and be quiet? Is right. she Jesus juking with that? Well, she, well, it's, she it's, started out in that culture... They literally do talk about the Lord told me to do this and that all okay. the time. And gospel music is especially rife with getting a word from the Lord all the time. Right. And and, and justifies any form of right. behavior. You can do anything you want, anywhere you want. It's Because God told you to do it. It's literally, they've been taught how to view every impulse as the Holy Spirit. And I imagine, like, if our son was given this latitude, like, if he was taught <laughs> every time he feels something welling up inside of him, it's God. It's God. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He would be, him. He would be unbearable every time he gets angry it's the righteousness the righteous justice of the lord you know and every yeah. time he's happy it's because god's doing a great thing and it's like yeah the, you have it's, to they, know that the flesh no is perspective still a thing. It's, it's such a blind spot for some people that they, they just have no idea what insufferable people they are and it's just no one likes to be around that and and if you criticize them then you know, you you don't love Jesus. Right. You're criticizing so, the Holy Spirit itself. Right. And well, I'm just gonna do what God tells me to do. I don't I don't listen to man man's well, doctrines. It led to a good conversation for me and the sisters because um just yesterday one of the sisters was talking about how somebody came up to them and said, I have a word for you. Um, that you're going to be moving houses soon because she just had a baby and she was, you know, somebody got it in their head that they probably need a bigger house. And then that same somebody got it in their head that probably it was God who wanted them to have a bigger house uh-huh. because that just makes sense. God is a God of logic, you know. And he so <laughs> whenever he you is. have a really good thought, like that person needs a bigger house, that is coming straight from God. And, and so God, God usually likes to communicate through the flightiest people. <laughs> the most emotionally driven people are the ones that God chooses as his right. mouthpieces. Right. Well, and so so my sister was like, well, how do you respond? She's like, I want to be gentle and I want to be um, gracious. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's a teaching moment because I don't want to be a lightning rod for that type of person. Like, I don't want to be so encouraging that people are constantly coming and prophesying over me when I don't <laughs> believe a word that they're saying. And I said, you know, if it was me, I would share another story that I happen to know, a personal uh, a friend of a friend who was telling me that they had a missionary speak a word over them that was on a more serious note, more less about moving house and more like along the lines of, hey, couple who's struggling with infertility, you're going to have a baby in the next year. God told me. And they, and they said, you know, I don't know if it'll be a biological thing, if they're going to open up your womb or if it's going to be adoption or if you're going to have a new ministry. With, or if you're going to find children. a basket among the reeds on the river. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to see the word baby or in the sky next year. 
I don't know what. Like maybe you'll hear a song that has the word baby in it. Something is going to happen. Maybe, maybe a pod will fall off of a tree and break open and there will be an infant inside. A stray cat will come into your life. You'll see baby ants crawling on your porch. I don't know. You'll see a stick in the shape of the letter Y. Yes. Yes. And baby is B-A-B-Y. But like the thing is, Couples who are struggling with infertility are kind of like vulnerable. vulnerable. They're kind of desperate and yeah. and really open to like encouragement and advice. That's like, when that's like when people saying. go to tarot card readers and and people are looking psychics. for direction. Did you say tarot? It's tarot. 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 Okay. tarot. Like tarot cake. <laughs> I've got tarot cake. I've got a lisp. <laughs> Uh, the f- 14 tarot ring. I'm halfway through this cake and I can predict the future. Uh, uh. But people, <laughs> the people, queen of are, look, people are looking for direction. They want to know, like, what should I do with my life? Is this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? And so when a missionary of the Lord comes to right. them and says, you're going to have a baby, God told me sometime in the next year. That's really serious in the false prophecy department when, mm-hmm. I don't know, two years have gone by and literally nothing has changed. Right. For well, this the Bible at all. literally says this is how you tell a false prophet. Right. If what they prophesy does not come true. Right. Then... But we get away with it. People get away with it in this, uh, in churches. They get away with just carelessly saying, I heard it from God. Because it's, because it's not different from like horoscopes and psychics and and it's encouraging to people and so if, what's wrong with encouraging someone giving them a word of encouragement well what's wrong is it's false you're it's it's not true and so it's not encouraging and the only people who are being encouraged are the people who tell themselves that they're encouragers right yep it's actually what i said was um False theology harms people, and it's yes. time that we treat it like it does. It's to, instead of us having the burden of being the gentle, careful ones, like how do we deal with the people? We all know that there are people who show up and they say things like, well, God told me this God is told happen. me to stand up on this airplane and sing this song right. for a bunch of people who don't really want to hear it while I'm simultaneously being told by the employees of the airline to sit down and be quiet. Right. Instead of instead of the rest of us having to figure out how to handle that, quote unquote, maybe we should just be very, very clear with those people. What you're doing is wrong. It's yeah. actually a sin mm-hmm. to do that. So since you're looking for direction so much, God told me in the scripture that you should not take his name in vain. And God told me that you're hurting people when you do that. So stop. Just stop. In the name of the Lord, stop. standing up on planes and telling people it was God who told you to do that. Just have a seat. Right. Stop going over to people at church and saying, God told me you're going to find a new house or God told me you're going to have a baby or God told me you're going to have a big change. Like that's called fortune telling. It is not the kind of thing that prophecy refers to in the Bible. That's not what, that's not the type of prophecy that we're talking about. That's actually what witches do. And we're not supposed to behave like witches. 
And it may make you feel good, like you're really tuned into the spirit with a capital S when you do those things, but you're probably tuned into a lowercase s spirit when you're doing those things, and it's not good. Everybody likes to be the bearers of good news. I mean, right. it's, it's fun to go and tell somebody, hey, you're going to get a new house. <laughs> That's it's fun. There's there's whole reality shows where they make over a house and then they put a fake wall in front and they pull that apart and look at your new house and everybody gets excited and it's like yay! Everybody wants to be the bearer of good news, but if you're telling lies to to puff yourself up is what it is. It's like you enjoy the hit of giving somebody good news, even if it's it's a lie. It's not good news. It's it's not good news. It's it's actually harmful. So, I mean, I I confess that I don't struggle with this. I don't necessarily have an addiction to good news. <laughs> it's not hard for me. Praise the Lord. It's not hard for me to, like, spank a child for having a bad attitude. And, like, I don't feel bad about it at all. But... But oh, you don't struggle with that, do you? I do know that there are people out there, lots and lots of my peers, lots of women in particular, who are desperately looking for like information about what they should do, where should where they should go, how they should behave, what you know, how they should parent. And the news they're mostly getting, or the information and advice they're mostly getting is um, be kind, be encouraging, be loving. I've got that in air quotes. And mm-hmm. so they're following that advice and it's turning them into these um lying new age insufferable yes these grammy award-winning artists that just uh, need to be quiet what's the word um that not new age but the other word for spiritualist i guess it's it's becoming this weird spiritualism but it's not biblical and it's not helping you and it's not helping your kids and well oh my gosh even even winning a grammy you know, even winning a Grammy doesn't give you any, any special powers to proclaim things to other people. I mean, it's so what? Yep. You, you won a Grammy. That doesn't matter. You don't qualify now to, to get to tell the rest of us that we have to listen to your song because God told you to do it. it you're, the Grammy counts for nothing. Not at all. <laughs> God told me to subject you to this song. Um. Well, we have like three, three, four more minutes. Um, Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to share the hot, potentially controversial thing from my parenting today. Okay, but then Luke has to say something about it. That's right. Well, we can do that instead. You can say something. You share, and then I will comment. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to comment on my story? I will say nothing, and Luke will speak. Yes, I will attempt attempt a dialogue. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> that was the thing, Carl. Remember, we were going to throw something at wait, Luke, wait. and he was going to have to engage I in a stretch. dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, literally to recap for the people at home, what you are about to witness what is... What you are about to witness. I will, say a sto- I will share a story, and Luke will respond. <laughs> Believe it. Attempt a response. This... Is going to be. If this works, we are going to Vegas. This, yeah. <laughs> this, okay. this is not a thing that comes naturally. Okay. So today. We can cut this if it goes poorly. Okay. We cannot. I'm <laughs> no, not editing. Won't. We are keeping it all. No matter what. Um, so today I was dealing with 
Oh, I got a phone call. That's what happened. Got a phone call. That happens quite often where they just come in and I don't necessarily have to schedule them. They come in cold. And so the kids, the bigger kids had just gotten home from school. They were trying to make snacks. It's very noisy when that happens. So the phone call comes in and I'm like, guys, 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 I had to grab my my computer from the midst of the chaos in order to retreat to the office where I could close the door and like hide. But like the phone kept ringing and I was afraid I was going to miss it. So I'm like, I'm trying to yell about like, guys, the phone's ringing. And I'm finally like, quiet. And I wasn't like ferocious, but I was loud. I had to be loud to get above their noise. And anyways, that hurt some feelings. And I answered the phone and went into the office, but as I was as I was on the phone, there were several attempted interruptions. They didn't actually make it in the door, but they would. Several children came to the office door, and in that like five minute conversation, I had to shoo them with just my hands. Like I didn't say anything because I was on the phone, but I'm like motioning. No, not yet. Almost. Wait. Be patient. Almost done. And so. After the phone call, I called them all in to the office and was like... All four of them? All right. Actually, I think Cammie had already left by this point. Okay. Uh, I don't remember where she was. It was just the three younger ones. But um, I called them in and I said, okay, we got to have a meeting here, team meeting, because when the phone rings, I need you to be aware that I'm off limits and you guys are big enough to handle this. You can leave me alone for that five minutes. So I had a little huddle, explained to them what it sounds like on my side I said, if I need to, we can use dad's phone and my phone and we can show you what it sounds like in the background so that you can believe me that they can hear you and it's very distracting. So if you are trying to have a conversation with somebody and there's kids yelling, like they know that you can't. Anyway, anyway, I said, we need to solve this problem. And so then there was still some pouting and I said, all right, we are going to hug it out now. And I had a... <laughs> I had a look on my face that was, I was kind of laughing, but I was like, we're going to make this fun. Like I'm asking them to work together <laughs> with me on this thing. I'm not, again, not ferociously angry, but I, but I am serious enough that like we got, we have to be on a team. And so I need team involvement. And so I was like, come on team. And that made Emery and Silas laugh. And they came over on either side of me and they were, they were under <laughs> each arm. And then Colin was standing a few feet away and I was like, come on, Colin. Bring it in. <laughs> but that made him a little sour about that. He's like, I'm not going to hug Emery. And I'm like, well, that attitude is not good. It's not going to fly. So speaking of attitudes, I was like, look, this is this is the problem here, this attitude. I'm trying to picture him coming in <laughs> into the huddle, but he doesn't want to hug did. him. So he's like he did. halfway. He came in on the left side, but yeah. he wouldn't actually come in the center. Yeah, it wasn't was a complete circle. It was sort of a C-shaped. Picking and choosing which family members he wanted to actually treat as family. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not going to fly. And so I said, all right, Colin, you can either come over here and give us a big group hug. Be part of this group hug, or you have to go sit on your bed until you're ready to be part of the team again. And he's like, no. He goes, you're going to send me to my bed because I won't hug every? (laughs) And I was like, yes, (laughs) I am. And after like, I don't know, 60 seconds, it was, I gave him plenty of opportunity and several warnings in that 60 seconds. And I said, all right, you made your choice. And I sent him upstairs. But on the way up the stairs, uh, he passed Emery in the hallway and he tried to give her a hug in the hallway. And I said, 
Colin, go upstairs. I told you that you made your choice. Now you're going upstairs. He goes, I hugged her. And I was like, okay. But that wasn't that wasn't the deal. Like I hugged the little Right. First of all, his attitude still stinks. But second of all, I, I had said already I loved you, you stupid. I had already issued the ultimatum. I had already declared like foot had been dropped. The shoe had dropped and foot had been put down. Right? And I was the done. The second foot had been put down. Well, and he was determined to make it on his terms. Like, that was the problem from right. the very beginning, was right. that he wanted to be in charge of that whole situation and pick and choose what his heart posture was going to be. Right. And I was like, you're not you're not in charge. And I sent you to your bed. Well, a couple of minutes later, he sat up in his room for a while. He wanted to come back down, and I said, okay, but we still have to fix this thing with your sister. <laughs> There's still a You're a still hug. angry. Yeah. A hug owed. You're still out of fellowship. I said, you are going to hug her. And he goes, I did. <laughs> and so we had to have a long conversation about why that didn't count. And so then I said, can you explain to me what I just said to you and why it didn't count? And he goes, uh, what did you say? And I said, Colin, I'm this close to sending you back up to your room again. Because I'm, de- I'm not dealing with this. We're not gonna have a heart to heart where only my heart is engaged. Not gonna. We're not gonna, have, not gonna, a, we're not gonna have a heart to empty headed conversation. He thought if he just tuned out and kind of looked in my general direction for a few minutes, I would get, I would tuck myself out, and then he could go. And so <laughs> he eventually was able to repeat to me why the hug didn't count. And then we had a little group hug, and everybody giggled because it was absolutely ludicrous. The fact that a lot of work. I agreed with him all along that it was a very silly, simple thing that he had to do, and that it wouldn't, it didn't need to be taken seriously on one hand, but also it did because of the attitude, which is apparently what I'm not allowed to discipline for is the whole attitude thing. So allow Twitter to weigh in, and Luke, Luke can weigh in. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, honey. But no, seriously, this I, I these cold calls come in in the middle of life yeah. as as John's booking agent, and I can relate a little bit to having to quiet and shoo the kids because I'm that's my job during skews while you're mm-hmm. broadcasting, um, and so I can relate to that a little bit. But I think what you've just shown. Carl is the difference between a mom and a dad reacting to their kids throughout each day versus actually parenting, which is setting expectations and boundaries and rules, letting them know what the consequences are and enforcing those consequences and then restoring fellowship at the end, which is exhausting Mm. as you've, it's exhausting to do that with four kids every day, but that's how you raise People you like when they get older and people who are mature and nice to be around and they don't wheel around in carts telling cashiers <laughs> and all their negativity. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so hopefully. God willing. There we go. <laughs> yes, so let it be so. let it be so. Yes, Lord. And if you don't understand that reference, it means you came in, in the middle of this podcast <laughs> instead of at the beginning. And so uh, Alright, well that... Uh, yeah, good job, Peach. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> she was in her element. I had to work. <laughs>
Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.